Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Good to see you all here in your red. What do you think? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. You've been praying about it? You know, I used to pray when I golfed, and it didn't make any difference. And so then I tried cussing, and that didn't make any difference either. And I realized that neither God nor the devil care how I golf. And, uh, but you've been praying for those chiefs. Have you been praying persistently for years? Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today is praying persistently. You know, there's, there's a mystery about prayer that, uh, that I don't understand. I don't understand how you can have the sovereignty of God and the free will of man work together when you're praying for other people who have free will as well. I mean, it's God's will, my will, your will, uh, other will of other people, and we pray, and I don't understand how that all works together. But all I know is, is that God commands us to do it. God commands us to do it. Over 20 times in the New Testament, he says, pray ask, seek, knock. I'll answer when you ask. You have not because you ask not. If you ask anything in my name, I will give it to you. I mean, it's just amazing the offer that he extends to us. Now, we know, we know our Heavenly Father loves us. We know that he wants to answer our prayers. And in fact, he's commanded us to ask in prayer, and he's eager to meet our needs. Then the question is, why do I have to pray more than once? Why do I often have to make the same request over and over and over again? Why doesn't God answer my prayers the first time I pray it? The Bible says in Colossians 4.2, it says, Be persistent in prayer and keep alert as you pray, always giving thanks to God. So why does God want me to keep on praying, keep on seeking, keep on asking, keep on knocking? Why am I to be persistent? Why does, God, why does God want me to pray the same request over and over and over again? Well, I want to give you a number of reasons here. On your notes, on the app, on the screen. I must keep praying persistently because, number one, it keeps my attention focused on God. When, when you pray persistently, pray about something over and over and over, where's your attention? It's focused on God. And attention is the greatest gift that you can give to someone. The greatest gift you can give your wife, the greatest gift you can give your husband, the greatest gift you can give your kids is your attention. Your attention. Because your attention is your time and time is your life. And when you give someone your attention, you're saying to them, you matter. You matter to me. You are valuable to me. You are part of my life. And I honor you with the highest gift I can give you, my attention. And just like people crave attention, God craves your attention. You know, the Bible says that God is constantly thinking about you. Well, what if you thought about somebody all the time and they never thought about you? Now, you probably experienced that in junior high. Okay? There was probably somebody that you were thinking about all the time and they didn't even know that you existed. 
And so you know the pain of how that feels. And God says, I want your attention. And when you pray about something over and over, you give God your attention. God loves to have your attention because he's constantly thinking about you. One of the reasons why God loved uh, King David in the Old Testament, why God loved David so much, is because David uh, gave God his attention. Psalm 25, 15, David says, My eyes are always on the Lord. My eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues me from the traps of my enemies. You're going to face a lot of traps in your life this week, and God's the only one who can see what's coming before it gets here, and God can rescue you from those traps. Focus on him, and he'll rescue you. Now, Psalm 105, 4 says, Search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually seek him. Continually. God wants you to keep asking because it keeps your attention focused on him. Seriously, when do you pray the most? Do you pray the most when you're in need or when you're in ease? Okay? Yeah. When you're in need, <laughs> you know, you're talking to God. So there's a second reason why we must be persistent in prayer. And that is uh, praying persistently uh, teaches me about myself. When I have to wait for the answer, it teaches me about myself. And you're going to learn things while you're praying persistently that you won't learn any other way. You're going to learn things not just about you, you're going to learn things about God. Now some prayers are answered. Some prayers are answered immediately. Uh, you know, but some take time. Because while I'm working on the prayer, God's working on me. And you pray about something over and over and over, it reveals things about you. Zechariah 13.9, God says, I will test and purify them as silver is purified by fire. I will test them as gold is tested. Then they will pray to me and I will answer them. How do you test and purify gold? You put it into the fire. You put it in the refiner's fire and turn up the heat. And when it does that, it burns off all the impurities. You know how you can tell when gold and silver are pure? When you look into that, that refiner's vat and, and the goldsmith, the silversmith, can see his reflection because all the impurities have been burned off. Well, that's what God wants to do in your life. He wants to be able to see his reflection in your life because you've been tested and purified. And the impurities are gone. And after... I've tested them and purified them. Then they will pray to me and I will answer. The answer to prayer always comes after the test. It, it, it always comes after the purification. God tests you with stress before he trusts you with success. So you're going to learn things about yourself. What are you going to learn? Well, first, praying persistently, test my desires. My desires. It answers the question, what do I really want? When you pray persistently over time, if you notice, your prayer changes, it develops, it grows over time. I mean, you start out praying, God, I really want this, but later you realize, no, I, I, I really want this. It's different than the, than the way it started out. Persistent prayer reveals the difference between a whim and a deep desire. You know, if you ask for God for something once, that, that's a whim. That's not a deep desire. And God is not in the business of satisfying our whims. Can you imagine what your life would be like if God answered every prayer the first time you prayed it? I mean, you talk about chaos. 
It would just be crazy. And so God, God doesn't do that because he wants, wants to figure out what is really, what do you really want? You know, are you just asking about this or you really want it? Do you really want a different job or are you just having a bad day? And so you've got to be willing to pray for it over time to sort that all out. In persistent prayer, it sifts out what's not that important to me. You know, God wants to give you your deepest desires, but he just wants to make sure that he's in the right place. You know, look at Psalm 37.4. Take delight in the Lord. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. See, God's not stingy. He's not stingy. He's just waiting on you to decide what do you really want. It, praying persistently tests my priorities. It answers the question, what's most important to me? You know, when I have to pray about something more than once, it, it tends to clarify what's important uh, to me. You know, if you don't pray about it over time, obviously it's not important. You pray about it over and over, it, it's obviously important. You know how you can tell what's really important to you? Is what do you worry about? What do you worry about? Because if you don't worry about it, it's not important to you. If you worry about it, it's important. The, the problem is, is every time you worry, you're acting like an atheist. You know, worry is practical atheism. Worry is acting like you don't have a heavenly father who's going to take care of your needs. So when you worry, you're acting like an atheist. When you pray... You're acting like a child of God. Jesus gets right to the point, Matthew 6, 32. He says, why be like an unbeliever who worries about everything? Your heavenly Father already knows all your needs, and he will give you all you need if, if your first concern is to live for his kingdom. If your first concern, first concern, what's that? It's a priority. Praying persistently tests my priorities. And when your priorities are right, God's answer is yes. And when your priorities aren't right, God has other answers. We're going to look at those in just a minute. But when your priorities are right, if your first concern is God's kingdom, God says he'll give you all you need. And so you may be saying, I'm waiting and waiting on God to answer this prayer. Well, are you waiting on God or is God waiting on you? to get your priorities right. Psalm 84:11. No good thing will the Lord withhold from those who do what is right. God says, "You get your priorities right, you get your attention focused on me, you make my kingdom your number one priority. Guess what? No good thing will I withhold." That leads to the question, are my priorities out of whack? Is something else taking the number one spot in my life? It may be my job, it may be my family, it could be, you know, who knows what, a hobby, a chief game, could be whatever, you know, something that's taken the first priority in your life. And, and for a, a group like this, it's going to be something good. You know, the vast majority of you are not making a choice this week between, mm, should I be a serial killer or should I spend my time at work? Okay, you know. You're not struggling with those kind of issues. You're, you're struggling, do I put God first or do I put my family first? Do I put God first or do I put my job first? It's good things that, are, that, that can, can move into that space. God says you've got to sort that out. And persistently praying about something is the lens that helps us do that. No good thing will God withhold 
from those who do what is right. Here's the third thing uh, that I learned about myself. Persistent praying tests my maturity. When God doesn't give you something immediately, he's testing your maturity, testing your character, your level of responsibility. Are you grown up enough to handle this or not? God's not a vending machine. It's not put a prayer in the slot and pull out the treat. You know, he's not a genie. It's not rub the prayer lamp and poof, there's your wish. It's not the way it works. You know, God, God wants to reveal your character. He wants to show you the areas where you need to grow. And persistent praying reveals my maturity or my immaturity. You know, if you tell a toddler, yes, you can have this in a little while. Yeah. They, the parents of toddlers realize they don't get that. They don't get that. You tell a toddler you can have it later, uh, what do they do? They, they throw a temper tantrum. That, that's called immaturity. Uh, toddlers don't know how to wait. Immature adults don't know how to wait. Immature adults want it now. But praying persistently tests my maturity. It develops my maturity. Because while you're praying, God's working on you. And God, God wants to meet your deepest needs. He wants to meet your physical needs, your emotional needs, your spiritual needs, your financial needs, your relational needs. God, he, he has promised to meet those needs. But he's far more interested in your character development. That's what's important to him. He's more interested in your character than your comfort. Because God's goal is to grow you to become like Jesus Christ. That, that is absolutely amazing. And one of the, the characteristics of Jesus Christ is patience. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. And how do you learn patience? By being patient. Okay? I mean, it, it, and one of the ways we do that is through persistent prayer. God's developing your character. He's developing your maturity. Parents, moms especially, do you, do you remember how you felt the first time you let your first child cry themselves to sleep? I remember with, with our firstborn, you know, you bring them home and man, they just whimper and you're right there and help. Well, pretty soon you realize we can't continue to live like this. <laughs> you know, I mean, this kid's got to learn how to sleep. And, uh, and so I, I remember as parents, you know, we're in the other room hearing that baby crying and just, I'm, please, kid, go to sleep. I'm dying here. Please go to sleep. And, you know, you, you remember how you felt with your first kid, second, third kid. Yeah, you know, it's not that hard. <laughs> but I'm the, I'm the, the last of eight. <laughs> you know, I cried all I wanted. Nobody ever did anything. You know, you learn. You can't respond every, every time they cry. And they have to learn that you're not going to respond every time you cry. That's an important step in a baby's development. Parents, do you remember the first time you left your child home alone? Yeah. You know, you think, okay, I think, I think they're mature enough. They're responsible enough. They're not going to burn the place down. I think they'll be okay. And, and so it was, it was nerve-wracking. And as nerve-wracking as that was, it was a crucial step in their development. It was a crucial step in, in the family's development. Now I want you to get this, okay? If you're around new believers, one of the things you'll notice is, is new believers get their prayers answered like pop, 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 pop. 
I mean, I remember when I was a new believer, man, it was just amazing. I'd pray about stuff and it would happen. And I thought, this is so cool because God is responding to every whimper because he wants you to know that he's there and he'll take care of you. And, and it was cool. And then the more I grew in the, in the Lord, all of a sudden I realized, hey, wait a minute. You know, he's not jumping every time I, every time I pray. And there were seasons when I would feel like God had just left me alone. I, didn't, I knew he hadn't abandoned me. The word says he's never going to forsake me. But, man, the heavens were like brass and prayers aren't getting answered. You read, you read the stories of great Christians. All of them have those seasons where it's just like, you know, where is God? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just left on my own here, and, and I don't feel his presence. And, and, and that's part of your spiritual growth and development. It, 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 God's asking you the question, are, are you going to depend on your feelings, or are you going to depend on me? You know, God doesn't want you living by your moods. He wants you living by your commitments. He wants you trusting in his word. And it's part of your spiritual growth and development. It's, it's building spiritual muscle. And so when God thinks you're mature enough, he's going to leave you alone for a while to test your character. And some of you may be in that season right now. You may think, man, I just feel like God's taken a step back. I just feel like there's no response. Heaven's like brass. I mean, I'm not getting any answers here. When God leaves you alone, he's testing you like you had to test your kid. Are you going to do the right thing without supervision? Are you going to keep praying when the answer isn't immediate? Or are you going to throw a temper tantrum and say, God, I'm out of here? He's testing your faith. 2 Chronicles 32-31 says that God left Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a good king. He, he, he was a very good king. But God left Hezekiah on his own for a while to see what he would do. God wanted to test his heart. And before God answers your prayer for a breakthrough, he's going to test your heart. He wants to know if you are ready to handle the blessing. Before every blessing, there's a testing. And God did, he did it for the entire nation of Israel. You know, he had a blessing for them, the promised land. But before he'd let them go into the promised land, he wanted to test them to see if they were mature enough. They were ready they were responsible enough, committed enough to handle the blessing of the promised land. They, they could have gone from Egypt to Israel in just a matter of weeks. But God kept them in the desert. He kept them out in the wilderness for 40 years. Why? Because he's testing. He's developing. He's growing them. Look at Deuteronomy 8.2. The Lord led you through the wilderness for 40 years, humbling and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would really obey his commands. See, when we have a need, when you and I are in pain, emotionally, physically, spiritually, when we're in pain, we want God to come and, and remove the pain. We want God to relieve that painful symptom. But God wants to remove the cause of the pain. And that's a whole different level. You know, when, when things are not going good in your life, you, you just want God to make you happy. You know, put a Band-Aid on it. Soothe it. Take away the pain. Don't, you're not worried about clearing up the relationship. You're not worried about deepening your character. You're not worried about changing you. We just want God to change the circumstance, not change our character. But God wants to get to the root of that marital problem. God, God doesn't want to just get you out of debt. God wants you to understand why you get in debt in the first place. 
He wants to deal with what's causing the pain. And that's a whole deeper level. And so the big question is, is when I'm praying and asking God for a breakthrough in my life, in my marriage, in my job, in my finances, whatever area, the first question you have to ask yourself is, am I willing to let God change me instead of just changing the circumstances? Am I willing to let God change me instead of just changing the circumstances? This is the point of surrender. It's the point of surrender in the Christian life. And it happens. It happens in every breakthrough prayer before the breakthrough comes. If you don't get to the point of surrender, you're not going to get the breakthrough. I've got to be willing to let God change me. My attitude, my heart, my character, grow me up. Make me more like Christ. I surrender. Romans 6.13 says, give yourself completely to God. That's surrender. Give yourself completely to God to be used in the hands of God for his good purposes. Do you get to the point, God, change me, use me, use this pain in my life to accomplish your purpose. You know, you just say, God, this is what I want, but really more than anything else, I want your will to be done. If I need to change, go ahead, change me. I surrender. Now, a lot, of people, a lot of people want God to save them, but they don't want God to change them. You know, a lot of people want to, you know, God, I want you to take me to heaven, but don't mess with me while I'm here on earth. Okay? Change my circumstances, but don't change me. But God is not going to give you everything you want and leave you self-centered. God wants to change you first and then bless you because he's more interested in your character. So God is testing. He's testing your desire. Do I really want this? He, he's testing your priorities. Is God really the most important thing in my life? He's testing your maturity. Am I, am I mature enough to surrender my life uh, to Jesus Christ? And finally, persistent praying tests my faith. Test my faith. Do I really, do I trust my feelings or do I trust my Father? You know, I, mean, I know God said I'll meet your needs, but I don't see the answer coming. Uh, so do I trust my feelings or do I trust my father? Uh, you know, God's never going to give you anything that is unhelpful or harmful. He's not going to give you anything that's detrimental or deadly. He's only going to give you what is good. And God made you. He, he knows what you need more than you do. He knows what will make you happy more than you do. Jeremiah 29.11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for evil. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And so are you going to trust your feelings? And when the prayer doesn't get answered right away, are you going to trust your feelings or are you going to trust your Father? God says, I've got plans. I've got good plans for you. But you know what happens with plans? Plans have to play out over time. They have to play out over time. They don't happen overnight. And in fact, the bigger blessing God wants to do in your life, the longer the runway has to be to get it off the ground. If God wants to do something really big, a big break for you, it's not going to happen quickly. It's not going to happen quickly. It's going to happen when you're praying and trusting and growing in desires and priorities and maturity and faith because God's working on you and God's working on everybody else that's involved. God says, I'm going to do it, but I've got to do it in my time. 
Galatians 6, 9, look at this. Let us not get tired. We can get tired doing this. We can get worn out praying persistently. No, no, let us not get tired of doing what is right. For at the right time, circle that phrase, at the right time, we will, not we might, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. If we don't give up, and your faith, your faith is more desirable and more important and more precious than anything God's going to give you. And so God wants you to keep, keep praying, not, not because you're trying to wear him down, not because you're trying to, you know, whine enough to where he finally gives in. No, he's already said, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Ask anything in my name and it shall be done. You have not because you ask not. God's already said he's willing to answer our prayers. You're not trying to convince God when you keep praying for something. But in that persistence, God is changing you. He's changing your desires. He's building your character. He's adjusting your priorities. He's strengthening your faith. He's doing all these good things in your life while you're persistently praying. Now, let me end with the four ways that God answers prayer. There's no such thing as an unanswered prayer. Okay? God hears every prayer and God has an answer for it. And, you know, but he doesn't always answer the way you like. But he always answers. So what are, the, what are the ways that he answers? First, when my request is not right, God says no. Sometimes the answer is just flat out no. We're not going to do that. Because God's not going to give you something that's harmful for you. God, God's not going to give you something destructive. He's only going to give you what is best for you. And so sometimes we're asking God for good things. We're asking him for good things. But God says, no, I'm not going to give you that because I'm going to give you the best. When my request is not right, God says no. When I'm not right, the answer is grow. He says, yeah, I want to give this to you, but you're not ready yet. You're not ready to handle this responsibility. I have a blessing for you that is so big it will blow your mind, but your character can't handle it right now. We see this happen all the time. We see people who their professional life outpaces their spiritual life, and what happens? It, it's disaster. We see, we see this a lot in the, in the athletic field. You know, this is a big, big athletic day. see a lot of people who have success in that area and their personal life isn't ready to handle it, and it just destroys them. Well, that happens in any number of areas. It's just glaring there. So, so God, God says, no, 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 I, I, I've got good things for you, but I need you to grow. I need you to grow in character, maturity, faith. I need you to surrender before you get that. And when the timing's not right, God says, slow, slow. Habakkuk 2.3, do not be discouraged if the vision isn't fulfilled overnight. You're praying persistently for something and it hasn't happened yet. Do not be discouraged. Surely it will happen. It will not be overdue a single day. God says it's coming, but it's slow. It's slow, but it's not late. Get that? It's slow, but it's not late. You know, God, he says, it's not going to be overdue a single day. And, you know, we're going to take it slow till you're ready to handle it. God's working on you. He's working on everybody else. It's all going to work together in God's time. So keep praying. 
And then finally, when my request and the timing and my character all line up right, God says, go. All systems are go. Baby, it's blast off time. This is probably the most scary answer, to be honest with you. I mean, because this one, this one takes action. It takes faith. You've got to step out. You've got to respond. And uh, God says, go, hold on. Okay? So th this is the reason why we do what Ephesians 6, 18 says. So look at, look at the, the words here. Pray at all times and on every occasion in the power of the Holy Spirit. Always stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all Christians everywhere. Do you see the persistence there? Do you see the pervasiveness of prayer there? That's what God calls us to. Let's pray. Father, know, grow, slow, and go. Those are our options. And so we receive each one of those answers as though they're coming from a loving Father's hand. God, help us to receive no with understanding, to, to know that you have our best interest at heart always. And God, help us to receive grow with an eager heart and mind. What a tremendous privilege that we have a heavenly Father who wants us to grow to become like Jesus Christ. God, we don't have to stay the way we are. We don't have to stay just the way God made us. We can change and grow and become better than we ever imagined. God, help us to receive slow with a patient spirit. Slow can often be the hardest answer to hear because we want what we want when we want it. But that's not often the best for us. And so God, help us to have the maturity to wait on you. God, help us to receive go with an attitude of faith. To go can be exciting and fun, but it can also be scary and costly. And we don't want to run amok. We don't want to run ahead of you or lag behind you. God, we want to run at the pace and rhythm that you have set for us. So God, help us. Help us to continue to pray without ceasing, to pray persistently and to let prayer do its mighty work in our life. We thank you for that hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.